It's car con carne. Let's eat in the car. It's car con carne. We're back. It is Car Cone Carne here in quarantine, episode number 517, all told. Quarantine Cone Carne, sponsored in part tonight by our friends at Byron's Hot Dogs, who are giving up $50 worth of hot dogs and delights and french fries. They have uh, they have uh, Green River on tap at the restaurants. A $50 gift card is at stake. All you have to do is join the Car Cone Carne mailing list through carconecarne.com. Me, I'm James Van Osdell. Him, well, that's Jason Doubledinger. He is a, a producer, a director, a movie mogul a waiting to happen with the movie The Baseball Furies. This is a documentary about that intersection. Maybe a lot of people aren't aware of this intersection between baseball and rock and roll. The Baseball Furies, which obviously you got the name from the Warriors. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. Which is one of the seminal movies of my childhood. Oh, absolutely. It's 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 right there and it, it's it, it just made so much sense really um going back to like the, the the beginnings of this um i was on tour with my band uh red-eyed legends uh this is in 04 and on the i'm just jumping right into it um, so we were on our way to uh san diego and it was during the 04 world series with the red sox trying to you know end their drought and I knew about Tessie and I knew about the dropkick Murphys being huge baseball nuts. Um, no one else in my van was into baseball. So I didn't get to listen to the games. I didn't get to talk about the games. Um, <clears throat> found out that they won when we pulled into Vegas for uh, our stay in the, in the hotel that night. Like I, we debarked the van or whatever. And uh, they were like storming the field. I was like, oh. I, mean, I missed every, I literally missed all of it. And um we got to San Diego to hook up with hot snakes. And I found out that uh, Rick and John and Gar from that band were all giant baseball freaks. So we would just like, you know, get back in the van, drive to the next town and I'd go commiserate with them and talk baseball. And then, you know, we disappear. But like every town we get to talk a little baseball, it's super fun. Let's stand music for a little while longer. Yeah. Tell me a little bit more about your music history history, because you and I have, I'm sure we have a lot of things in common. I think most importantly, though, we both have songs written <laughs> about us by the yes. immortal by the immortal Wesley Willis. We both yeah. have our own Wesley Willis songs. Yeah, yeah. Now, see, so, I, I'm cooler because I'm on the indie label. You're on American. You're after Wesley. I made the big major. leap. Yeah. yeah, and I'm the thirteenth track, which I've always taken great pride in, and a sandwich between two uh, Beatles. Uh, songs i think it's i think it's paul mccartney and ringo if i remember right something like that well now on this and my version you're in between rock and roll power and hell me on the bus oh they may have switched it about then they may have oh you don't know what you know i'm thinking he wrote it the night uh that he wrote the the mccartney and ringo songs because he was trying to get to the last two living ones at that point you know i i haven't looked at my wesley cds for a while produced by the dust brothers yeah yeah. You know, just, just like Beck no big deal. Day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah. tell me a little bit about your music background in Chicago. Okay. So I, I started, I got into to punk in about 87 and uh, you know, minor threat. And then, you know, in uh, Fugazi and uh, bad brains, a lot of the DC stuff primarily, and you know, some of the LA stuff, some of the New York stuff, 
but um, primarily DC. You know, I was a straight edge uh, punk back then. We would run around Medusa's at Belmont and Sheffield, and you know, get into scuffles with the with the you know with the the fascist skins and everything. And it was you know it was wild. Seventeen years old and just you know having a you know good time and we thought doing a good thing, you know, trying to right. scourge the city of the bad guys. Um, and then I uh, started playing music myself. I was in a goofy straight edge band called Yuck Mouth. Um, we had a funny run in with Gigi Allen up in uh, Muskegon, Michigan. I'll tell you about that one another time. <laughs> the long story. Um, then uh, let, let's see band called happy type band called uh, cool guys named Steve for one show. Then I started getting serious and uh, me and uh, my still co-songsmith co now, John Scott, uh, started a band called Cinco de Gatos. We did that for a couple of years. This is in the early 90s, long hiatus, and we came back together uh, about 10 years ago for a couple of shows. And now we're back together again, playing in a week and a half, a little live stream thing. So that'll be fun. I love it. So you, you, have, you can't keep away. No. And then in between there... Um, <laughs> played with a band called red-eyed legends before that i toured with the wesley willis fiasco as started their merchant as their merchandise guy and then uh, that was my first time on the road um which is amazing and by the end of the tour i was uh, the de facto tour manager <laughs> and like staying at jello biafra's house you know no big deal no big whoop uh, giorgio in the live feed says we need all caps we need that gg allen story i don't disagree <laughs> But let's see how far we get with the, the baseball furious and talking about sure. making a documentary film. And let's let's start there. Yeah. Right from the onset, I said some people may not realize just how much of an intersection there is between music and baseball. And in the trailer, right. Ryan Dempster has a great line. I love this. Something along the lines of baseball players want to be rock stars and rock stars want to play baseball. Yep. That, that says it all. I mean, that's, that's yeah. pretty much the elevator pitch for the baseball furies, isn't it? Yeah. That is the tagline. It's, it's, you know, it's, he touched on it. It's funny because we've had a number of people since who've said something very similar. Like it's, you know, they're almost reading off of a script. Um, but yeah, it's just like, that's kind of what they all figure out. And we've, as you alluded to before, the, the amount of people we've got is ludicrous. Like, you know, we just started scratching, like I mentioned, you know, it was, you know, Ken Casey with, um, with the Jockey Murphys. And then, you know, we knew that Steve Albini um, had his, you know, had his uh, team here, the electrons. And, you know, we're like, okay, let's talk to those guys and let's just see, let's see how far we can go and just start digging and digging. And every interview we did, um, they'd be like, Oh, you know who you got to talk to? You got to talk to Mike Mills. And we're like, <laughs> of course we got to talk to Mike Mills. Why wouldn't we talk to Mike Mills? And they're like, well, if you talk to Scott McCoy, you can get to Mike Mills. And we're like, Oh, so just kept going and going, just peeling back the layers and finding new people and and just getting to meet like, you know, my punk rock idols and, you know, getting to meet Rocky George and talk to him in L.A. at a, at a chicken house about, you know, about the pirate's hat. And it's, it's just amazing. Mind boggling. Yeah, I mean, you talked to Mike Mike Mills and Peter Buck. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You mentioned Albini. Uh, speaking of Boston, you talked to Letters to Cleo, and yeah. then you talked to Buzz from the. You talked to the Melvins and <laughs> yeah, Red Miller from the old ninety sevens and Mike Patton, uh, yeah. Faith No More, etc. Yeah. I I would imagine. I'm not saying anything crazy here. That the Holy Grail is probably Eddie Vedder for this project. Yeah, Eddie Vedder. We we definitely want. We we would love to get Getty Lee. Um, we need to represent uh, our neighbors to the north at some point, and he's he the guy. He loves his Blue Jays. 
yeah, he's, he is the guy. Um, so we, we've, we've sent out feelers to him. Uh, we got a response that was a soft no at the time, but that was when he was at um, uh, Jeff Tweedy's. Uh, he was doing that little thing at the loft. So it was, you know, just wasn't going to pan out, but I, I, you know, he knows that we exist and that's a good thing. So I guess what's the status where, where are we at with this? Cause I feel like I've heard about this for a while. <clears throat> yeah. So we've got, um, we've done more than 80 interviews, um, which is crazy. Uh, we could easily do another 30. Um, you know, I, I could generate a list tomorrow and have 30 that we would want to talk to. And most of them are people we've at least, you know, scratch the surface on um status wise we've got this pile of stuff we're we're cutting together stuff some of us have full-time jobs i don't currently i was laid off during this wonderful covid thing but uh the guys that we have who've shot and edited still need to pay the bills so we're in the process of cutting things together to pitch to providers and and see who bites you're gonna pitch it yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, we are going to pitch it. There it like is, like a like a damn baseball. Either two seam, four seam, maybe a slide piece. We'll see. Uh-huh. Excellent. All right, so things are definitely moving. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's um like the people we've talked to. It's like we're in a really good situation because we have a pile of footage. We don't have to go shoot anything. We can, or we could do like this. You know, like so many people are doing. We could, you know, we could get Eddie Vedder to to zoom in with us, and I think people would be forgiving that it doesn't fit the style, you know, with the rest of the piece. But you know, hell, it's. I mean, people would do cartwheels to see some of the interviews we've got. Well, I, I think everyone loves a good sports documentary. Yeah, everyone loves a good rock documentary. Hey, how about that? It's the we best of both. both. It's yeah, the best exactly. of both. It, <laughs> it it's really so funny. Truly, you could end up talking to hundreds of people because I, I like how you said you talk to one person. Oh, you should talk to blank. I, I've had similar experiences with different projects I've worked on. And your only limitation is really time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure you'd love to do everything. Fly off to here and there. Talk to everybody. But it just it, it, it's a grind. It, oh, yeah. it's so much. It's so much work booking, confirming, getting in place, getting the crew, whatever. I mean, you could be working on this for 15 years, but at some point you, oh, need, yeah. to call, you need to call it. Like ideally what we would love to do is have this, we've pivoted to making it into uh, an episodic um, show, uh, you know, for, for a Netflix or, or a Hulu or whoever, you know, has the, you know, the sense to pick us up and, and give us the, the platform. But um, so we've started cutting into like thematic, you know, episode ideas like, you know, a San Francisco versus Oakland one. And then, um, you know, a Chicago South side and a North side a Boston, a evil Yankees, you know, the, a ladies episode. Um, so it's, you know, it's really cool. And like people can get into one episode and maybe not be into the Cubs episode, but then come back for the Boston or, or whatever, you know, so grab them and keep them and then roll that into another season and just say, Hey, give us some more money and we'll just keep making these for a couple of years. <laughs> Cause there's a lot of people that want to talk. I, I'm sure you've asked this of so many of your interview subjects. I'll ask you, what is it about baseball? So um, in my mind, and, and I found like most of the people agree with this. It's, it's that nostalgia thing. It's like going out there the first time, um, 80% of the people we've talked to have said at some point you, you know, you walk up the, the corridor that first time and you see that green and it just overwhelms you and you, you'll, you'll never forget it. And you always like are waiting for it when you get back to, you know, the park for the first time that year to, to walk up and see that green just rise in front of you. And, 
and then you, you, the smells and the sounds and you know BPs going on, hot dogs and you know some yelling, some cursing, whatever, all those elements that make it just magic. And it's uh, that's what it that's what it was for me. Like remembering going to games with you know with my 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 folks and my my grandpa and you know stuff like that. And then <clears throat> um, you know, good, <laughs> all that stuff. It just comes flooding back. I was going to say, I think for a lot of people, baseball is those family memories that, mm-hmm. that, that, that exciting, I'm going on a trip with my grandparents or my parents into the city or into the ballpark. And it was mm-hmm. a thrill and, oh my God, there are so many people here and it's loud and it's fun and everyone's in a good mood. And it yeah. just, it really is just a warm, comforting feeling. And you keep flashing back to it every time you walk through the gates. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. And, and like the funniest beat, like when, when Mike Patton comes in and I, I don't know if you've ever spoken to Mike Patton. I have, I think he's amazing. Yeah. He's fantastic. He's such a talent and like, so like just, you know, tendrils in all directions of like what he can do. And he's a notorious tough interview. And um, we reached out to Mike Borden first, who is, you know, a great big softy and just wanted to talk about, about baseball and initially he's like, ah, oh, don't bother with Pat. And he's just, he's, he's kind of tough. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's cool. And then the day we were about to, or the, the day before we left for San Francisco, the woman who put us in touch with Borden is like, I'll get you Pat and just, you know, pick a place and time and we'll get him there. And I was like, okay. He shows up and he, he calls me from, we're, we're at this bar and I'm like, wow, crap, what was it called? Some is a giant's bar in, in San Fran and I cannot remember the name of it and I'm going to be in trouble, but he calls me from the, the front of the room and uh, he's like, Hey, it's Mike. I'm here. I'm like, Oh, okay, cool. And he comes back, gives me a big hug, which was surprising. And he goes, look, uh, I don't like doing interviews. I'm like, well, that's the beauty of this is we're just going to talk baseball. I'm not going to ask you about, you know, Mr. Bungle or, you know, Thomas or anything like that. Let's just talk baseball. And he's like, okay, cool. And it just went from there. And then he just wanted, we finished interviewing him. And at the end, um, I'm like, okay, I got to go feed the meter. I'll be right back. He's like, can I just hang out? Like, yeah, absolutely. So I go feed the meter. I come back and he's got um, uh, him and Borden had been tweeting each other for or tweet, uh, texting each other back and forth, like forever about funny um old-timey baseball players named like old horse radborn and and you know uh, oil can boyd and stuff like that and they would just like send a new name and he's just showing us this list he's scrolling through i'm like yeah you're our guy you're our people yeah it's funny i had a really great interview experience with him i feel like he might be one of those guys who has people around him that kind of wean out or weed out the, the people who shouldn't get near him yeah like it's like a protective layer but once you get to him He's an all right dude. Yeah, he like he was bubbling over. He was so happy to like talk about the subject we were, you know, rapping about. It was it was great, you know. And I think that's another thing about it too is it's if you're a baseball fan and someone starts talking to you about baseball, even if it's a total d-bag, you're probably still going to connect a little bit and and have a fun conversation even for a couple minutes. So like with people, you know, us kind of disaffected musical you know miscreants that <laughs> roamed around forever thinking no one liked this and then we find others that like baseball too and it's like holy crap we can just talk about this stuff forever i, I like that you include because you're a chicago guy you've got mm-hmm. local media personalities uh, steve Dahl was an obvious mm-hmm. one i think to talk to because of his history and he's i mean he's a Sox fan for life i mean oh yeah dude yeah 
he, yeah, he's and I had uh, like I had I had met him very briefly after a uh, Steve and Teenage Radiation played. Um, was it right after a Chicago Sting game at the uh, at the old Chicago Stadium? I think it was. And uh, my dad took me up. I was like twelve, and he took me up to to meet him up in the from the upper deck. And that was my you know prior instance to meeting him. Um, but I'd always wanted to like sit and talk to him about something and, you know, especially disco demolition and, and just his love of baseball and what a great interview. And so, so generous with his time. And like another one where we just hung out afterwards and he like showed us his collection of stuff and he could have talked for days. Good guy. He's, he's one of the funniest dudes I've ever met. Oh yeah. Uh, Lynn Bramer, no secret there. Huge baseball fan. Oh yeah. Doesn't um, hide it. Matt Spiegel, obviously, uh, from the world of sports talk radio. I mean, you, mm-hmm. you got the right people talking about this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like we've, it's not, it hasn't been lucky because we have like busted our asses to get these people. Booking but like, yes, is hard. Booking interviews is hard oh, yeah. work. It is. And like, I've done the majority of it, which is fun because that's, you know, kind of what I like doing is just, you know, grinding it and getting them. And it's so exciting to like, you know, get someone locked in. And, you know, like when you hear about, you know, oh yeah, we're going to get, you know, Rocky George. And it's like, oh man, you hear that cha-ching. It's just like, that's the coolest thing. That's who we've been wanting, you know? And it's just, it's, that's a blast. And then you go and meet them and it's just ridiculous. So cool. So heading into the project, you had a story that you wanted to tell you. Mm-hmm. You had a clear vision of what, baseball furies would be yes have you learned anything new in the process has this gone in directions that weren't expected when you set out <clears throat> um yeah like here and there i i guess um but the the thing we've been most surprised about is like that like the the legion that is there of 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 baseball fan music dorks you know um because like the the initial premise was okay so we were all you know like if we were to write a script about this, the story arc is, you know, it's like, we're, you know, seven years old. We go to our first baseball game with our folks, whatever, fall in love with it. And we play some little league. And then at, you know, 14, 15, we start skating and then, you know, getting into punk rock music. And then all of a sudden in high school, we're getting beat up by the, you know, the jocks. We don't want to, you know, associate with them anymore. Um, Getting that first hardcore band, play our asses off, go on tour. And then at some point, you know, the drummer says to the guitarist, Hey, you're, you like baseball and they start talking baseball and then boom, they're going to games again at, you know, 27 and then falling back in love. So we didn't realize that there was going to be 80 plus people that had that same experience, you know, or something really similar to it. And it's just what we keep finding over and over. And like, you know, all those guys that you don't think would ever, you know, recover from, you know, getting swirlies from you know the the six foot seven starting pitcher of their high school team you know it's like he's he's still back going to games you know he's he's going to you know get you know uh uh going to get carlton fisk's autograph at the you know at the donald e stevens you know Mm -hmm. or something here's my concern my concern is that this will finally see release once things 
become safer and people are allowed out of the house again. I mm-hmm. worry that this will keep people indoors if it comes out after the pandemic wraps up. <laughs> It'll give us a moment, some time to wean ourselves back into, into normal life. Maybe that's it. Maybe this is how we, how we work ourselves back into the general population. Yeah. I mean, ideally it'd be great if this came up, you know, just before, you know, or like spring training time. And like, you know, we could, you could watch some episodes and well, the games are hopefully starting up and roll right into opening day and, you know, get everyone, fueled up and ready to go. <clears throat> well, I think this is such an exciting idea. And everyone I've talked to about this said, oh my God, I would watch that in a heartbeat. And we will. So yeah. I, I'm really excited for you to kind of take this over the finish line so we can all enjoy it at home. Uh, I, I, I know how much work this has to be. And I, I think it's super cool that you've been doing it. I'm a strong-willed man. I will, this, this, this is the one I will force into, into reality. No, no problem. I promise. Well, again, you are Jason Dumbledinger. The movie or the documentary is Baseball Furies, and we will be looking for that sooner than later. Awesome. Thanks, James.